ago, um, you may remember those of you that were here, Andrew Hughes, um, the, the Welsh American, um, came and spoke to us. And he um, spoke to us from 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 3 um, to 6, about finding strength in God. So I'll just read that for us again, 1 Samuel 33 to 6. It says, When David and his men reached Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire, and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. And David's two wives had been captured, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. And David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. It's amazing, isn't it? Because we kind of gloss over those lines, but they, were, they wept until all their strength had gone because all their wives and children and, and everything they owned, everything had been taken from them. And it says David was greatly distressed. Oh, that, that's poor David. He was great. Because people were trying to stone him. He was in fear of his life. And then it says this, but David found strength in the Lord his God. Now, does anybody remember the word that we were, we were urged, the, the, the Hebrew word behind David found strength in God? Apparently, it's kind of like a mixture of Russian and Welsh and a sneeze. I, I, I didn't quite get that myself, but anyone remember that word? <laughs> oh, come on, you've got to do it better than that. You did it really well for Andrew. Come on, what's the word? Ah, that's better. Hazak. Um, I don't quite know how that translates into Russian and Welsh and, and sneezing, but Hazak, strengthening yourself in God. And um, David did that. It, it, the whole message was around what to do when you're having a bad day. David was having a bad day. He was about to be stoned. Everything had been taken from him. Everyone had lost everything. And he had this sense of responsibility, but he Hazaked himself. He found strength. In God, even when all hope was seemingly gone, he found strength in God. And Andrew encouraged us by reminding us that we are never victims. As children of God, we are not victims. We are more than conquerors. And Jesus has done all that is necessary for us. It is finished because of what Christ has accomplished on the cross. So we can never say, Oh, poor me, Um, I've got no hope, I've got no future. If only I had what other people had. No, Christ has blessed me with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms and I can always find strength in God. I never have to be a victim. I know some of us, we can find that almost harsh to to hear that said to us, but that was the truth that he brought to us. You are responsible for your own walk with God. You cannot sit there bleating, looking at the people around you, wishing that they would sort things out for you, but you are responsible for your own relationship with God because he has done everything for you. He has made you his child and you can find strength in God. You can hazak yourself. In Jude 20 and 21, that one chapter book, um, the last one before Revelation, Jude 20 and 21, Andrew again read um, these verses to us. But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith 
And praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Whatever's going on around you, whatever's on in the news right now, whatever personal situation that you are facing, however many tragedies there have been in your family, however many hardships, no matter what lack you are experiencing, no matter what hopeless situation you find in front of you, you can find strength in God. Strengthen yourself. Build yourself up in your holy faith. Keep yourself in God's love as you eagerly await for him to appear. As is so often the case, of course. It's almost annoying how often this is true in Christianity. Every truth seemingly has to be held in tension with another. You see... You are responsible for your own walk with God. And you can never, ever blame anybody else because you can find strength in God. And we are also called, every single one of us, to care for each other. We are our brother's keeper. So let me take you to another passage of scripture in 1 Samuel, seven chapters earlier in 1 Samuel chapter 23, verses 15 to 18. 1 Samuel 23, 15 to 18. While David was at Horesh in the desert of Ziph, he learned that Saul had come out to take his life. So I'm imagining again he might be feeling a little bit low right now because Saul just won't stop coming after him to kill him. And Saul's son, Jonathan, went to David at Horish and helped him to find strength in God. Can anybody guess what Hebrew word it says there? Hazak. Saul's son, Jonathan, went to David and Horish and helped him to Hazak himself. Or I don't actually know what the, the, the grammar of the Hebrew is there. So it's either he helped him to hazak himself, or he hazaked him, or I don't know. But, but Jonathan was involved in the hazaking. Don't be afraid, he said. My father Saul will not lay a hand on you. You will be king over Israel, and I will be second to you. Now this is something that God had already spoken So what Jonathan is doing here is he is bringing what God has already said to David. Jonathan strengthens David in God by reminding him of the word that God has spoken to him. And so David in that moment hears God speak to him again. He hears God continuously speaking truth into his life through Jonathan And by being the mouthpiece of God, Jonathan strengthens David. He helps David to hazak himself. Let's look at Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14 and verse 13.
When Jesus heard what had happened, this is about um, John the Baptist being beheaded, when Jesus heard about that, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. And when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and realizing that it was each person is responsible for their own situation, I added that bit in, um, they said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Because these silly people have got themselves in a mess. They've come out to hear the preaching of Jesus. They've come out to have their miracles. But they haven't, they haven't looked after themselves. They haven't fed themselves. They didn't pack a lunch. They didn't pack any tea. What, you know, it's just crazy. They just not even thought through the implications of their actions. And they're responsible for themselves because there are no victims in the kingdom. So they should sort themselves out. And of course, Jesus agreed with them. No, he didn't. Verse 16. Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Because when Jesus saw the crowd who hadn't prepared themselves, I'm sure he noticed the absence of lunchboxes in the crowd that were sat before him. But when Jesus saw the crowd, he had compassion on them. He was moved and he wanted the best for them. He wanted them to know God's blessing. He wanted them to know God's rule and reign in their lives. He wanted them to make it in God. So he says to his disciples, no, you don't need to. Yeah, it might be their fault. It is their responsibility. They are, after all, responsible for maintaining their own life, for feeding when they need to feed. I mean, none of us want to be in a place where we need someone to tell us when to eat. But nevertheless, Jesus says, no, you give them something to eat. We need to eat to stay alive, don't we? You know, if you don't eat, you will eventually die. When Jesus was being tested by the devil in the wilderness, and the devil sees that Jesus is hungry, and the devil knows that if Jesus doesn't eat, he will eventually die, and so he tries to tempt him. And what does Jesus say in response in Matthew 4 and verse 4? Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. Man will live, men and women will live, they will sustain themselves, they will be able to live their lives on every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. Because you and I, we need God's word to survive. We need God's word to keep living life the way we're supposed to live it. You cannot live the life that God intended for you, 
without living on God's continuously proceeding word. It's a continuous tense word in the scripture there. On every word that comes forth continuously from the mouth of God. You need to be continuously hearing the word of God if you want to live the life that God wants you to live. You might be able to sit back and point your life and say, well, I'm still here, aren't I? But we all know, don't we, that it's possible to be physically alive and spiritually dead. If we want to be alive in the spirit, if we want to live the fullness of life that Jesus came to give us, we have to, every single one of us, no one is excluded from this. There is no one here this morning that can say, yeah, I know you all need the word of God, but actually I don't need it. Because I'm already mature and perfect in Christ and, you know, I just don't need to hear the word of God anymore. No, none of us are excluded from this this morning. Every single one of us in this room, if we want to live life, if we want to live life, not some cheap replacement kind of life that we make do with, but if we want to live the full life that God has got planned for us, then we need not just to have heard the word once, But we need to be hearing God's word all the time. Because you live life on the basis of the word that God continuously speaks to you. We need to know what God is saying to us now. You need to know what God is saying to you right now. Oh, and of course that might be that directive word. It might be, shall I take this job or that job? Shall I walk away from this situation or not walk away from this situation? Shall I move to this country or shall I stay in Manchester? Probably stay in Manchester. Um, Yes, we need to hear those directive kinds of words. But you need to hear so much more than that. You cannot afford to only turn to the word of God and only turn to hear his voice when you need direction in a major decision in life. Because you need to hear God's word to remind you who you are. You need to hear God's word to remind you that there is hope when all around you everyone is losing hope. You need to be hearing God's word to remind you that you're not a victim. You need to be hearing God's word to remind you that you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. You need to hear God telling you how much he loves you. Because do you know what? When we're not listening to the word of God, we have this crazy habit of starting to believe lies. We have this crazy habit of starting to forget what is true and starting to believe all the stuff that the world screams at us all of the time. And so you need to be hearing again and again and again, God say, I love you. Because any husband or wife or person in a relationship will tell you to have heard someone say it once is not enough. To have heard someone say it 15 years ago or however long ago is not enough. But we need reassuring. We need to hear it. How much more do you need to hear all the time? God whispering into your ear, I love you. I love you. I will never leave you. And I will never forsake you. Didn't Jesus say that you knowing the truth is what would set you free? And how are you going to know the truth unless you constantly hear God speaking the truth into your heart? We need to live On the word of God. His word is light. And life to us. It illuminates our path. It shows us the way. That we should go. It refreshes us. It restores us. It encourages us. It strengthens us. Christ's words. Are spirit. And life. 
Christ's word to you is spirit and is your very life. You live by the word of God. And like I say, when we stop hearing what God is saying, we have a tendency to forget the truth and to start believing wrong things. And we can start to lose hope. And we can start to become discouraged or to feel weary. We can start to doubt the truth. And if we will go long enough, then we'll start to doubt it more and more. And if we fail to respond to those hunger pangs inside, when our spirit cries out, I don't feel good. I don't feel good. And what you need to do in that situation is you need to feed. You need to feed on the word of God. And yet something inside says, I don't feel like it. You ever notice that? When you need the word of God most is often when you feel like it least. We can start to lose sight of our mission. We can start to lose sight of our priorities. We can start to believe that actually just making it through life and trying to do the best for your family is really all there is to it. And we can start to lose sight of that perspective, that eternal perspective of Christ and his kingdom and why you're here on the face of the earth. And you can start to forget that Jesus sends you every single day into your workplace to bring transformation, to make a difference, to speak out the truth and righteousness and justice, to heal the sick. And you can stop believing that and you can start thinking, I've just got to make it through today and I pray that maybe God will bless me and and make me a bit more comfortable in life and I'll try and do the best for my family and you can start to lose sight of that perspective it wasn't that you set out to sin or do anything wrong but you just stopped feeding on the word of God you stopped listening to what God is saying to you constantly day in and day out because God is always speaking to you God is always interested in speaking to you. There is never a time when God has nothing to say to you. He is not just interested in speaking to the really keen ones. He is not just interested in speaking to the full-time ones. He's not just interested in speaking to the people who do charity work. He wants to speak to you every moment of every day. And remember this, while we all have a responsibility for finding strength in God, that is absolutely a true word. We equally have a responsibility for one another because we are the church of Jesus Christ and your destiny is wrapped up with my destiny and my destiny is wrapped up in yours. Because we don't make it as individuals, but we make it as the church. Because Christ is coming back for a bride who is beautifully prepared. A people, one people, all one in him. If you make it, I make it. If I make it, you make it. But we cannot just leave one another behind. And so it is your responsibility to find strength in God. And it is my responsibility to help you. And it is my responsibility to find strength in God. And it is your responsibility to help me. So when we look around and we see hungry people, if you look around this morning and maybe you're aware of areas of people's lives where they look like they might be quite hungry right now, 
we might be tempted to think, well, they should do a better job of feeding themselves. If only they were more spiritual. If only they were doing better in God. If only they would read their Bibles and pray more, they wouldn't be in the mess they're in. If only they were more passionate. If only they spoke in tongues more. We might be tempted to send them away, to, to say, go and feed yourselves, go and hazak yourselves. And it is their responsibility. Nothing I'm saying takes anything away from that. It is their responsibility. But somehow I think Jesus would say, no, you give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. Man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You give them something to eat. Man doesn't live on bread alone, but on the word that is constantly coming forth from the mouth of God. You give them something to eat. Man does not live on bread alone. Man lives on the word that comes forth from God. You give them something to eat. Do you get it? One of the things that Andrew said when he encouraged us was he said to us that tongues are to the individual what prophecy is to the church. And that is true. In fact, let's read that together. 1 Corinthians 14. One Corinthians fourteen one to five. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire fruit, uh, desire gifts of the spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. And indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I'd rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. And Andrew encouraged us because he said, yes, it's true that when you're together, what your priority is because you love one another is to strengthen one another. Nevertheless, it is still true that tongues build you up. And you have a need to build yourself up in your holy faith because you are responsible for hazaking yourself. And so he exhorted it. He gave us other ways as well. It wasn't just about tongues, but that was one of the examples he gave us of how we can strengthen ourselves, build ourselves up in the spirit. But it struck me when I was thinking about that, that it is true that tongues is to the individual what prophecy is to the church. But actually it started to challenge me, then we need a whole lot more prophecy in the church as well. Because actually, if tongues is to the individual what prophecy is to the church, then we need prophecy to the church so that we can hazak one another. Because every time you go and remind someone of the word of God, whether you speak over them something that has already been spoken over them, whether it is past prophetic word, whether it is scripture, because everything that is in scripture has been spoken over us, so whether it's you remind them of truth that has already been established or whether you move in the spirit to bring them 
and I'm unfolding, if you like, an increased revelation. It will never be anything that contradicts or goes against what is in the scripture. But sometimes there's a filling out and an application of what God has said into our lives. But whenever we remind one another of the word of God and we speak God's word over one another, we are strengthening one another. We are helping one another to find strength in God. And if we want a strong body, if we want a strong community, if we want to achieve together what God has called us to together, then we need to build one another up. We need to find strength in God. There are challenging days ahead of us. We live in challenging times. How many of you have ever found it challenging to live out your Christian faith to the full in the midst of society, in the midst of your family and friends and and workplace? Anyone ever found it challenging? Anyone ever found it challenging to live out the fullness of their faith, of their faith in the midst of their own personal circumstance and the things that are going on around them? We need strength in God. And we are all ultimately responsible. But praise God! He hasn't called us to live in isolation. He hasn't called us to be on our own. But we can help one another to find strength. In 1 Corinthians 12, 31, we are told to eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. That we might speak God's word over one another. I'm not talking about crazy, directive words I'm not talking about going up to someone and saying, God told me that you're going to marry me. I'm not talking about going up to someone and saying, God told me that you are to give up your job, stop taking your life-preserving medication, and move to the middle of wherever. I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. I'm talking about bringing the word of God that strengthens, encourages, builds up, that brings comfort, that gives us hope that reminds us of what God is speaking over our lives. Yes, God can bring directional words into people's lives, and we need to operate that with safety, with accountability, with people around who can help us to weigh words of God that are being spoken. Yes, I believe in directive word, but what we need to see a complete unleashing of in far more magnitude and volume, is all that everyday word that builds up and encourages and reminds us of who we are, that says you are not a failure, that God says that he's done everything that is necessary for you. God says that you're going to make it. God says that he's for you. God says that he's with you. Even how he spoke to us this morning, don't forget I'm with you. My presence goes before you. I'm with you on the journey. When you go into your workplaces this week, remember I'm with you. God said that to us this morning and we wouldn't have heard that if someone hadn't come and prophesied it to us. And We need to hear it in our gatherings But we also need to hear it in our daily lives. Not just in the context of the Sunday meeting, but in the connect group. When we're gathering together as community and we can bring word of God to one another. Or through WhatsApp, or Facebook, or through a text message. God just laid you on my heart and I want to remind you of what God has spoken over your life. We all need to be hearing The word of God constantly spoken over us because that is how we live. And every time you send someone a text or a Facebook message or every time you meet up with someone or you get together in connect group or you bring the word in a Sunday gathering, every time you do that, you are putting food in front of people. 
You're saying, eat this and strengthen yourself. We all need it to sustain us, to help us to live life to the full. And you're saying, God, use me to put a meal on their table. God, use me to encourage them, to nourish them, because we all need it from one another. You know, in case any of us are excluding ourselves from this, because I realize you use a word like prophecy, and there's a danger that some of us say, well, this is not my gift. Now, I understand that there are some people who have a measure of gifting that is beyond what the rest of us you know, regularly and habitually moving. I understand that some people seem to have just like a prolific gift of, of, of prophesying. But I want to read this to us from Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 and verse 14. And then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd, fellow Jews, and all you who live in Jerusalem... Let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. Now, a bit later on, Peter explains that to the, the crowd that they should repent and be baptized and that they will receive the gift, the promised gift of the Holy Spirit. And he says, this promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. This promise of receiving the Holy Spirit, baptism in the Holy Spirit, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, whatever language you want to use, this promise of receiving an anointing of the Holy Spirit is for all of you. It's for all who God will call to yourself. I pour out my spirit and they will prophesy. They will speak God's word into situations. They will bring life where there is death. Just like that, that picture that we heard this morning of us stepping into dry and cracked up ground because we carry God's word of life into situations. We're able to bring the, the, the refreshing, the water of his spirit, the word and the spirit of God inextricably linked together because Christ's word to us is spirit and life. We bring the life-giving word of God into our situations, but you stay alive by constantly hearing and feeding on the word of God. So keep reading your Bible Keep praying. Keep spending time listening to God. Remember that you are responsible for hazacking yourself. But remember this as well. You are also responsible for helping the people around you to hazack themselves. You are responsible for hazacking them too. Now, I'm not suggesting you go up to people and karate chop them with a prophetic word of God. Hazak! Um, it's just got visions of everything going horribly wrong. I am saying all of us who have given our lives to Jesus and have asked him to baptize us in the Holy Spirit can expect to be able to speak the word of God over one another. Every single one of us. Every single one of us. You can't count yourself out of this. If you know and love Jesus, if you've given your life to him, if you haven't, by the way, you can do it right now. 
If you haven't, if you're thinking, this is all just alien to me, right now, in this moment, you can say, God, I somehow have realized in this moment, through this preach, that actually I need to give my life to you. And I'm sorry for living life my own way, doing my own thing, because I want my life to be centered on you, and I ask you to forgive me, and I ask you to make my life all about you from this moment forward. And you can do that right now in this moment. You give your life to Jesus. And he says... I want to pour out all of myself by my spirit into you so that I can actually bring transformation through your life. And all of us, if you've never received baptism in the Holy Spirit, even again today, you can pray, Jesus, baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Fill me with yourself. Clothe me with power from on high. I want to move in this supernatural gifting of your spirit. And one of the evidences of that is that you can begin to move in prophetic gift. You can begin to bring God's word, his now word, into people's lives, into people's situations. Could we just stand together? Lord, we um, confess our dependency upon your word. We recognize how much we need to hear what you are saying to us all the time. We need to hear your affirmation. We need to hear your encouragement. Lord, we need to hear you when you're correcting us, when you're redirecting us, when you're challenging us. Lord, we need to hear you when you're speaking faith into our hearts, when you're giving us boldness and courage and strength. Because, Lord, you are constantly speaking to us. And we acknowledge again our dependency on your voice. And we ask for your forgiveness for when we've been indifferent. We ask for your forgiveness when we've not taken the time and made the effort to listen. We say, forgive us, Lord, and help us to be more attentive to your voice. And help us to hold on to the things that you've said to us and not to let go of them so easily. Lord God, help us to to stand and to wage war by the prophecies that you've spoken over us. To, to, to hold tight to them and to keep believing in them and to put our trust and our confidence in what you have said to us. Lord God, we ask that there would also be an unleashing of fresh prophetic anointing in this community. That Lord God, we would be marked by the prophetic, not by performances, not by shows on a Sunday morning, but by your word coming forth continuously from our lips. The Lord God, we would be confessing your word over our own lives, but also we would be speaking your word over one another's lives. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus for a fresh impartation and stirring of the prophetic gift in our lives. I just release right now in the name of Jesus a fresh impartation of the Spirit, that there would be a fresh manifestations of prophetic gifting. Lord, we pray, raise up the prophets in our midst. Raise up those who will bring those directional words that will steer us and guide us. Raise up those, Lord God, who will help to shape our our destiny together through the operating in that gift. But Lord, we pray also for every one of us. Lord, that we would not settle, that we would not count ourselves out. But Lord, we would count ourselves in. And we say yes to what you want to do in our lives right now. Come, Holy Spirit. And touch our lives afresh, we pray. I'm just going to ask the musicians to come. Just for us to finish off today. 
I just want to give us an opportunity to step out. Now, I know there is a certain element of risk involved in a, in a, in a setting as large as this. So can I say this? No directional word. Even if God is saying it, not now, okay? So if anyone brings you a directional word, they're going against what I'm asking for, believing that I'm inspired by the Spirit to lead this time. They're going against what I'm asking for, so God is not telling them that they have to do it now, okay? So if anyone brings you anything directional, you can just ignore it, okay? Because we're not having directional word right now. But I want to give opportunity for all of us to step out in bringing the word of God to one another. So just allow, in the next few moments, just allow God maybe to highlight someone to you, just to show someone to you, to stir something in your heart. And I want to encourage you, if nothing happens, if you don't get anything, do not make anything up. It's fine. It's okay. We're just stepping out. We're just believing God. We're seeking to step into something that God is doing in our midst. We're not going to bring directional words. We're not going to bring any words about relationships, about marriages, or anything like that. We're not going to bring any words about giving up jobs, and we're not going to bring any words about medication. Okay? We're just going to bring word that strengthens and encourages, that gives people hope, that inspires people. We're going to step out. We're going to bring word that is true and in line with the Scripture. And believe God that he could actually lead you, even if it's something really simple, that could be something that gives someone real strength in this moment. That could be something that just unlocks hope to believe again. That could be something that strengthens someone. So I'm just going to ask the musicians to play. I'm going to take two minutes just to allow God to speak to you. If you've never done this before, just ask him, God, is there anything you want to say to me? Is there anything you want me to share with someone around me? It's a prophetic word that I can bring over their life. Bring it simply. You don't have to make it last a long time. You don't have to wobble or shake while you bring it. You don't have to put on a really impressive voice. You can just tell them what God has laid in your heart. And we're all going to receive that from one another because it's not directional. We're not going to be scared. We're just going to weigh up the word that God's brought to us and we're going to be blessed and encouraged. Is that okay? Let's go for it then. Just as you feel God give you something, feel free just to go and bless someone by bringing that to them.